Welcome to the Econ Dev Show. We explore the strategies, ideas, and insights that are driving economic development forward into the future. You'll hear new insights from passionate EDs about their successes and struggles. And you'll learn from attraction and retention experts about how to apply actionable strategies inside your EDO. We'll help take your organization, your community, and your career to the next level. Here's your host, Dane Carlson. Our episode today is brought to you by Cathode Ray Media. Cathode Ray is a full-service marketing agency that connects government organizations to their communities. Wondering how they can help you? Here are just a few ideas. They use ingenuity and imagination to create awareness of progress and opportunity within your community. They help residents and visitors find local shopping, dining, and service businesses. They make residents and stakeholders aware of challenges that affect them and their community, while encouraging them to get help or get involved. They can also work to help attract new small businesses while helping micro-entrepreneurs learn how this small but mighty woman-owned and operated marketing agency can help your community. They use tried and true methods that will connect your organization to your residents using social, digital, and traditional media. Curious? Visit cathoderay.com, that's K-A-T-H-O-D-E-R-A-Y.com to learn more or ask for a free no-obligation consultation. We thank Cathode Ray for their support of the Econ Dev Show. Welcome back to the Econ Dev Show. Today we're here with Larry Holt. Larry is the Vice President of Economic and Workforce Development at, at the LAEDC. Larry, welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much, Dane. Happy to be here. Well, I'm really excited to have you because, like you just mentioned before the show started, you are a California economic developer. But not only are you an economic developer in California, you say you're the best, but you moved from Texas as an economic developer to California, the opposite of what I did. So that's really exciting. I hope to hear like why you did that and what's different. Yeah, so... Um yeah, you'll re- you may know that um, I've had two stops in Texas, mm-hmm. right? And uh, loved working in Texas, uh, but a big part of my career was in the Pacific Northwest, mm-hmm. uh, where I was able to build a business development program with Greater Portland Inc. And I really like living on the West Coast, Dane. And uh, you know, I-, I think you know there's some personal stuff too, which is. Uh, you know, as a gay kid from the South, I think, um, you know, I, I think everybody dreams of living in California. You sure. Know? And so um, uh, I was just, uh, it's been my dream since I was a 15 year old to live in California. And I got to join LADC at a really interesting, pivotal time uh, in its existence where we're going through a, uh, we have a new CEO. Right. That's who hired me. Um, and I believe we have the, um, really a, a lot of the resources in place to launch what I think is one of the more comprehensive cluster approaches uh, in the U.S. So that's what I've been working on here in California. Wow. And um, so how does California, how does it compare uh, economic development wise? Like, does, it, does it operate the same in your opinion? Is it different? And if so, how? Gosh, you know, um, you know, 
talking to businesses about their needs and really wanting to understand what um, you know drives their growth, what keeps them up at night. That's the same conversation anywhere in the U.S. You right. Know? Um, what we can't do in California is offer low costs. Um, that is, the costs are, are high, um, and and the ability of anyone at the local or state level to really fix that is limited. There's some great things happening um, with housing from a state perspective that I'm excited about. Um, but our pitch, Dane, is talent. You know, uh, I'm in the only city with in the U.S. with three tier one research universities at USC, UCLA, and Caltech. Um, and so from a really um, tremendous talent perspective, we're competitive and we have a concentration of industry, I believe, that is, uh, you know, one of the best in the U.S. Um, or to put it more humorously, um, uh you know, there's there appears to be 10 million Angelinos that that seem okay with this place. <laughs> right, exactly. That is the case, isn't it? It is. Despite all our headlines about how bad it is, it it's still the biggest state by a pretty hefty margin. <laughs> exactly. Right. That is true. Um, yeah. No matter what you say, you can't. They they didn't all get up and leave. So there's something that's still keeping them there. Yeah. Yeah. And. Um, you know, I, I think, um, I think California is an exciting place, you know, and, uh, Arizona state, um, last fall launched a, uh, new program here in downtown Los Angeles. And when they asked the chancellor why Los Angeles, he was like, you know, the future is being created here. So, um, California is a place that really thrives on ideas and, um, you know, just as I can't bottle low cost, um, that sort of openness to creativity, to new ideas and innovation, that's real hard to bottle too. Right. As every Silicon whatever in the U S right. is trying to, trying to capture. Exactly. So for our listeners who aren't really familiar with Los Angeles, um, which I, 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 I would assume is not, is not many. Is anybody but, not familiar with Los but, Angeles? I, I love as an economic developer now joining conversations and, you know, so, so often we'll be like, and here we are on a map. And I'm like, does anybody not know where Los Angeles right, is? Right. <laughs> right. But what, but you know, for those that don't know, cause maybe they just think of Los Angeles as being, you know, the Mecca of movie making or something. Describe what kinds of industries, what, what, you know, what are the, what are the chief industries? And obviously you can't say everything, but, um, you know, what are the big ones? Well, let's, let's talk about what was invented here for mm -hmm. a second. Um, the Mars Rover, uh, was completely conceived, designed and built here in Southern California. And, uh, a lot of that work took place in what we call space Valley. So I think that's a super exciting industry for us. And uh, to really delve into the details, in the early 90s, a lot of defense work did indeed migrate to Virginia. Mm -hmm. However, um, a tremendous amount of the aerospace industry stayed here. So we've got a tremendous operation of companies like 
Northrop Grumman, um, Boeing, um, and some new space companies as well down at Space Beach and Long Beach with obviously the incredibly well-known SpaceX, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Rocket Lab is down there. Uh, and what, and this kind of goes back to my thesis on why California, right? Uh, well, Caltech is the leading provider of literally rocket scientists for the NASA Jet Propulsion Laboratory, which is in El Segundo, mm-hmm. you know? so. We have this kind of critical mass around aerospace and new space. Uh, we all know about the movie and entertainment industry. Uh, it is the largest in the U.S. Uh, by nearly any measure. And, and what's fascinating about that cluster, Dane, is just how deep the roots are. When you look at, I'm sure your listeners are familiar with the Harvard Cluster Mapping Project, which really diagrams out uh, the various points of a cluster. And so di- digital media and entertainment touches everything from our financial services industry to our music recording industry, also one of the largest in the U.S. And then finally, um, uh, we're, uh, what's really fun to me about Los Angeles is uh, let's think of a couple of everyday objects that were invented here. The electric guitar. Uh, the skateboard. And, you know, I would argue the consumer was invented in Southern California. And so we have one of the most tremendous collections of consumer products companies of anywhere in the U.S. So uh, with some emerging growth um, in biotechnology here, especially tied to UCLA uh, and our position as one of the leading world trade ports with the ports of Long Beach and Los Angeles. Um, There's a lot going for Los Angeles. I'm pretty bullish. Well, I mean, it seems like you have a pretty easy job in (laughs) that, uh, you know, compared compared to some. um, In what ways is your job difficult? Well, um, let me be candid about our challenges then. Um, You know, um, Los Angeles has the highest poverty rate in the state of California. And so that really kind of gets to what we're trying to build here at LAADC, which is what I call our human-centered approach to economic development. Um, And that means that we really place our community at the center of all the work we do in economic development. You know, a lot of communities really kind of focus on, um, you know, putting a company in a box or on a piece of land. And I think, you know, for areas starved of growth, that's an okay model. But I think for us in the industry, Dane, and, and I really just want to underline this, I think our communities are asking us for more. They want more transparency. Uh, you know, they want more engagement and they want programs that really center on our community. So um, that's why our approach is what we call a human centered approach to reimagining the Los Angeles economy. Um, and I think there's an opportunity there as well, because when we talk to companies in digital media, when we talk to companies in aerospace and when we talk to companies in biotech, 
what we hear is, uh, you know, we really want to grow in a meaningful way our diverse workforce. And, you know, I think with a lot of intentionality, um, with, again, starting with how do we focus on the needs of our community first? Uh, I think that's how we get to a growing, equitable, sustainable, and resilient Los Angeles. Fabulous. So let's break that down. In your sure. in your in your mind, you said three things: more transparency, more engagement, and more programs centered on the community. So what is? Yes. L- let's just go through those real fast. Like what? When you say we need more transparency, what are you talking about? I think we in the economic development profession. Um, you know, have to be aware of, you know, this is a national trend, Dane. So I guess I'm really just speaking nationally here. Um, uh, But I can cite an example in Georgia where there was the, um, you know, the auto manufacturing plant, which ran into a lot of resistance uh, from the community there. And so, you know, while we do often deal in confidential projects, you know, I think we need to be thinking as leaders in the profession about how do we increase transparency in the community, whether that's being clear uh, about the type of work we're doing, uh, what type of projects we're pursuing, what our incentives for a given project are. I saw that in Texas. I cited an example in Georgia, mm-hmm. and I really think that's a national trend affecting all of us in how do we be more uh, communicative to our communities and not be like this kind of secret business development arm of <laughs> local communities. Right. And I think that's how we build trust, Dane. Uh, you know, and I think trust is what's really critical to our work in being successful and achieving that community buy-in. So people are proud of the projects we're working on. Good. And then, um, so then how does more engagement play into that? I can, I can sort of see it, but what do you mean by that? Yeah, no, um, uh, thank you for that question. Um, gosh, when I think of engagement, there's a lot of mechanisms in place for us to increase engagement. And, you know, one of those items in California is SURF, uh, the California um, uh, Resilience uh, funding, um, forgetting an E, I think it's environmental, excuse me. Right. Uh, you can get, you know how we can get lost in our acronyms. So I'm guilty of that as well. Um, but that is a, uh, state driven project to identify shovel worthy infrastructure projects, uh, that'll really meet the needs of our community. And I am so proud of our work at LAADC where we've engaged over 300 community groups on really kind of trying to build a consensus for uh, new investment in Los Angeles. Because as we look forward to the 28 Olympics, um, you know, we're gonna need what I believe to be close to $100 billion in new infrastructure investment in Los Angeles uh, for us to continue to lead. Um, But we can't just do that in a vacuum. And so, I'm really proud of the work our team has done in achieving that community outreach. So, um, and we all have examples like that. You know, the, the SEDS um, is a real common tool used all over the U.S. Um, even if it's an economic development strategic plan, uh, there's an opportunity 
to really think of this, not just as let's make a plan, but how do we really meaningfully engage our stakeholders and, and bring them into the conversation? And, you know, one of the great things I heard um, in my own growth was, you know, leadership is translational. And when we talk about translation, what that means is bringing people into the conversation. Um, and I think that's what we're being called on to do as economic development leaders today. That's true. And I, I agree. I think that um, in strategic plans or SEDs or, or what have you, the really important piece is getting the community involved and really allowing, you know, a, allowing them to hear sort of the discussions as they take place and getting their input, letting them being a part of the process. So I, I do appreciate that. that well, economic sense. development is about the future, right? Right. And, and what we're trying to build is a future that our communities are proud of and want to raise their kids in and hope their kids can find jobs. Here. Mm -hmm. um, but not everyone in our communities had a place at the table. Um, you know? Right. And so I just think it's critical for us who are, want to be successful, who want to make a difference in our communities, who want to see standards of living rise to start listening and, and start hearing what our communities need. And, you know, my title is economic and workforce development. So um, I oversee our workforce development team too. And I think everything I just said applies to workforce development as well. So, you know, how do we do a better job across the um, economic and workforce development continuum of listening to our stakeholders and really identifying programs, initiatives, and strategies, um, you know, that achieve greater alignment. One of the, one of our problems in Los Angeles, and I, you know, I've, I've, I could sell you on the sunshine all day, but I'm going to be candid too, is we're so big and we're so siloed, right? And so this is a problem all across the U.S. is that you know, we'll have a county doing one thing, a city doing another, a, a, a really major municipality also in the county with their own mechanisms. And I get it. You know, these are just how these things evolved over time. But I think it's incumbent on us to really strive for alignment among our higher ed partners, among our community college system, uh, across workforce delivery um, programs. And uh, to align those with industry as well. So it's a tough job, uh, but, um, you know, achieving that alignment and that sort of coalition building, if you will, I think is critical to our success here as we move forward in a post-pandemic recovery that economic development, economic development professionals, we're going to be called on more than ever. Right. And, um, Dane, you've worked in a recession. I've worked in a couple of recessions myself. Um, that's crunch time for economic development. It is. You know? It is. So, so these are things I'm seeing. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that. I was just having dinner with someone last night, and they mentioned that they were worried about the future of economic development. They were worried that whether it was from the right in Florida, for instance, or the left, um, 
getting rid of economic development. Like it was going to be the end of this as an industry. And I said, no, you know what? There is always going to be a place for this, this group of professional people to work for the betterment of the community. And maybe the government's not going to pay, maybe in the future, the government won't pay for it, but some, you know, private industry will pay for it. Someone will pay for it because there is such a need for this cadre that, that goes out and listens to the community and interacts with the community and then tries to bring them things that will, um, you know, make their lives better. Well, 100%, Dane, I, I just, I, I want to underline what you just said. And I think that's where it's so important for us to remember who do we serve, you know? Right. And to, right. You know, it's not the real estate industry, you know, uh, it's our communities. And, uh, you know, the one thing I would add on, and you've worked around the U.S., but, um, you know, it doesn't matter whether, I, and I've worked in Alabama and Texas and Oregon mm-hmm. and California, and people get excited about new opportunities right. no matter where I've right. worked, you know, because that goes back to, People care about the future of their communities in blue states and red states. You that's know? correct. So I, I think that's exciting. And uh, uh, I'm very fortunate that I've had a career that's allowed me to shape the future of the communities I've been able to serve. Well, good. Well, you mentioned and, you mentioned real estate. You mentioned yes. that we don't serve real estate. Let's talk about real estate in California because what most – what mo- first off, what most people in most of the country, especially in economic development, know is that it's good to recruit people, economic developers from California, because they're going to move to wherever it is. They're going to sell their house. They're going to be rich and it's all going to be great. You know, it's going to all be great. They're a great recruit because, you know, they can always find a house. So let's talk. What is the situation with housing in California? How do you describe it? And how are you guys addressing that? It's really challenging. And, uh, you know, it, um, it's a perfect storm. Uh, is is how we got here. Um, you know, certainly the biggest population boom in the U.S. after World War II right. in the state of California. Just tremendous growth. And, and that led to a lot of challenges. And, um, you know, without getting into the gory details of taxation, uh, but also the birthplace of the environmental movement. Mm-hmm. You know? And so... I think a lot of well-meaning, well-intentioned folks um, in our history decided to put a lot of restrictions on uh, new housing growth in a way that, you know, protected residents um, uh, and kept um, working class families in their homes. That was certainly the intention, Um, but also preserved our natural habitat, which you've been here. It's Mm. really right. Just absolutely, it's stunning. Absolutely, yeah. Um, That's come at the cost of new housing growth. And and so we have a supply issue. So where I'm optimistic is um, increasingly over the past few legislative sessions in Sacramento, there has begun to um, take shape uh, a much more well well thought out, coordinated strategy for driving new housing goals in the state. And one of the things um, that's a real opportunity for us is California to meet its climate goals and, you know, is 
how do we incentivize more housing around public transportation? And we've right. done a good job of building public transportation here. So today I would tell you I'm optimistic um, that there is a concerted effort to drive new housing supply in the state of California. Will we ever be um, as affordable as Arkansas? No. Uh, you know, uh, there is a premium on land here that there is, uh, you know, because of you know, you don't find that many places with 72 and sunny and right. mountains and beach. Here. Right. Exactly. That's exactly the case. There's always going to be a premium. It's always going to be that There's always going to be a premium, but um, I'm excited by some of the conversations I'm seeing and a real, well, look, here's the thing that, you know, you and I've seen in policy circles our whole careers is, you know, are we talking about the actual problem or not? And I feel like, and this is entirely subjective, but uh, in the state of California now, there is a real honest dialogue taking place about the need for housing. That's good. Yeah, I, I know that I was just watch. I just saw, I don't know, what is it, last month, month before, um, the housing element in the Bay Area wasn't approved. And so suddenly it was a free for all for, for a short period of time there until they could figure that out. This is really controversial and difficult stuff, but other states are emulating California's approach. Oh, um, okay. And I would say, if anything, um, you know, California and Massachusetts have kind of been leaders in realizing, you know, generally across the U.S., housing is a um, local decision, you know. But what we've found in states like Massachusetts, like California, like Austin, Texas, uh, is that uh, there's a lot of obstacles being thrown up to new residents, new households, new families. Uh, and states have begun to take a position um, where they are really driving uh, new housing regulation for local communities. I think that's a positive. Um, I, I do think, you know, that's controversial um, because you know, anytime you step in over local control, again, blue state or red state, there's going to be, uh, right. you know, that's going to raise a lot of alarm bells and uh, uh, make some politicians unhappy. But I think um, that's a trend we're going to see more of. I think you're right. I think that there is, I, th I think we can say that, you know, over the last 40 years, we we haven't built enough homes anywhere in the US and and if it's if it's the nimbys in one place that are preventing that then we need to figure out a way to move that forward if it's something else that's preventing that we need to figure out a way to move that forward and so i think this is a conversation and it it is uncomfortable because in many in many cases it's going to require the state or something or the feds to even step in and say hey this is a real problem. We have to address this. So there's a big Wall Street Journal article in the past week on how many houses are we short? And, right. and, you know, there's a range, but the floor is like we have two million fewer housing units than we need. As right. Because uh, we had so much household formation during the pandemic on the back uh, and, and that followed the greatest housing crash uh, in his in U.S. history after the Depression. So mm -hmm. um, it's kind of a, a very 
uh, a perfect storm for the U.S. But I think <clears throat> let's tie it back to economic development, right? And and where we need to be. Uh, and I think part of that's going to be, I think economic developers are going to have to um, be larger voices for pro housing policies uh, because that what is a pro housing policy, Dane? Uh, that's a workforce issue, right? It's and, workforce. And, yeah. And, and, you know, uh, our conversations, you know, we can say what economic development's about, whatever we want it to be. Uh, but our conversations begin and end with, can you supply talent? Right. Right. It's just like in other parts of the country where there's, you know, they're having uh, childcare issues and nobody ever thought that was an economic development issue. And it totally is. Housing is absolutely the same thing. You know, you know, we've got to be, um, we've got to have a broader view of, um, because our local communities and our states have been slow to respond. Right. And if we want that job growth um, that provides a future for our communities, for our residents, we're going to have to advocate for things that are a little bit outside of our wheelhouse, you know, whether that's, um, Maybe it's public transportation, you know, um, maybe it's residential development, maybe, uh, uh, you know, it's greater resources for our workforce systems. You know, one giant issue affecting the entire country that we talk about a lot in Los Angeles, and I know um, uh, community colleges around the U.S. have seen a, a 23% decline in enrollment thing, mm -hmm. um, you know. We've got a lot of challenges. Yes, we do. But luckily, Los Angeles has you, the very best economic developer in the state of California. That's what I heard. Uh, I heard that from somebody. I don't know who it was from. I, I, it seems true. Um, I, I, I cannot confirm nor deny. Now, there's some great economic, you, know, um, you know, I have a close colleague that um, uh, works up in Sacramento now. Uh, we've gotten to... Um, uh, dialogue with our partners in the Bay Area mm -hmm. on the California Economic Resilience Fund. I had to, I had to double check. It was driving me crazy. And you know, our friends down in San Diego, I think, are doing some of the best cluster work uh, in the U.S. right now. So uh, there's some great things happening in California economic development. And uh, don't believe all the headlines. Uh, again, uh, you know, the most populous state. Uh, in the U.S. Are all those people wrong? I don't think so. Right. Exactly. And, uh, you know, regardless of, you know, your someone's politics or regardless of just where they want to live in what, you know, where they want to live in the country or what's important to them, the United States is booming and it's going to continue to boom. And we, we need all of these. It's all of these resources together that, you know, really drive us forward. So, I'm, you know, um, what is it? Was it Warren Buffett said never bet against the U.S.? Exactly. That's right. And, uh, you know, I think it goes back to the, the that innovation, you know, which is why, um, you know, we have immigration from all around the world because mm -hmm. uh, you really can come here and um, there's opportunities and, you know, there's there's a lot of challenges too, you know, and, um, for 
all the success stories, there are communities that, that need some, um, some of our support as economic developers as well. So uh, I'm excited about the future and excited about Los Angeles and excited about economic development, Dane. I think, you know, I think we are an important piece, you, you know, going back to your conversation with, you know, our, our is economic development still important? I think it's more relevant than ever. Absolutely. Yeah. It, somebody said that, you know, doctors are really important because they keep people healthy and, there was something, somebody else, some other group of people, some other profession that was really important because it did something important. But economic developers make sure that people have jobs. And at the That's end right. of the day, you don't have a job, you don't have health, you don't have food, you don't have anything. So yeah, right. we're right there. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, can you think of a, I cannot think of a, a greater privilege, really. Agreed, to, uh, agreed, yeah. Than to bring those opportunities to, to our communities. Well, Larry, this has been awesome. So if any of the listeners want to reach out, how do you want them yeah. to contact you? Larry.holt at LADC.org. Excellent. Um, and I love meeting economic developers. And, uh, you know, we're, we're an energetic bunch. And uh, I, I'm just excited to be on the podcast today, Dave. Well, fantastic. It's been so much fun. Thank you so much. You've been listening to the Econ Dev Show with Dane Carlson. If you're an economic developer who never stops learning, for more expert strategies, fresh insights, and new ideas to take your career, organization, and your community to the next level, visit us on the web at econdevshow.com.